I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. For blacks, widely assumed to be guilty of a range of promiscuities, temperance was an issue that undermined such stereotypes. For black women reformers, their membership in such organizations as the WCTU, uh, it was called the Women Something Temperance. Uh, they was all the clubs yeah was important for for another reason their public association with elite white women reformers served to affirm their own true womanhood it was no coincidence that at the time of the night's meeting and the wctu organization shelby county's attorney general made a rare if backhanded declaration of moral equivalency between black and white women the precise context of the statement is unclear but according to an article that ida wrote in a response the attorney general had proclaimed that black women were no longer the harlots they had been in the past they could be as decent or disgraceful as white women wells not thought not not, wells though not appreciative of the positive sentiment wrote a mild corrective that was published in the white-owned memphis scimitar a republican paper as well as the new york freeman black women she said were not consoled by the knowledge that aristocratic circles furnished parallel examples of immorality the most disheartening aspect of race relations was the wholesale contentious defamation of black women and the refusal to believe there are among us mothers wives and maidens who have attained a true noble and refining womanhood ida added that she only wanted them to be given equal credit for their virtues hey welcome to the black out test podcast with your host rod and karen and we are live on a monday yes sir uh, of course you can find us on itunes stitcher podomatic search the black guy who tips leave us five star reviews the official weapon of the show is and the unofficial sport Butterball. and bullet ball extreme um and uh that excerpt that i read is from ida a sword among lions uh which i've read from you know several different times um and that's interesting that to me that that like uh that story is interesting because at once at the same time you're seeing that ida and other black women are concerned about being respectable Mm -hmm. because i think one of the things people um always skip over is that respectability politics used to be revolutionary politics yeah you know we can dress a certain way we can behave a certain way we can talk animals right we can talk a certain way because the the, you know the prevailing theory was that black women were i mean black people were subservient and not just subservient but a subspecies of humanity with white people being the standard and so a lot of the stuff that we frown upon now and go it won't save you your respectability politics was stuff that literally in addition to just survival it was also like to prove a point of you know hey we we can be refined and even though you say we can't be these things and the reason it was important is because the shit was taught in schools that black people couldn't do it they had uh sciences phrenology and things like this that were like this is why black people are stupid and savage and 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 they'll never be like white people and so maybe it's a a, a vain attempt or maybe it was attempt in vain it, it didn't work out but there was a you know there was a a lot of high-minded people that we consider to be revolutionaries very forward-thinking who had this way of believing at the time and i think it's been glossed over the second part of this is it's amazing how because the women's tolerance union or whatever it was called that organization was one that was essentially trying to stop people from drinking 
this is uh they were the people that promoted prohibition and stuff uh actually alcoholics anonymous still goes back to the to this these women and stuff and so um because of these these women they had just because of racism they had split off into two different type of factions right there were the white women and their racism was so strong they were like even if we it you know until blacks were allowed to vote it was like even in places where we could use some black women's help we're not going to take it because they kept making these you know assumptions that well white women will leave you know and we need the racist white women that's more important than having more people even if it's because then we you know we might have more people but when it's black women some people gonna leave and we can't have that that was a big excuse in all these white women feminist organizations Mm -hmm. for a long time um so i just thought it was interesting because the affiliation and cooperation between white and black women at that time that it was mutually beneficial obviously to increase your numbers and once black people had the right to vote definitely white white women started looking at you know because keep in mind neither one of these groups could vote at the time right so white women started looking at black women as we need to form some type of unity you know um and all of a sudden you know they're 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 allowed in there and these and these associations are good for black women because like you said they had a hundred million different clubs but being in a club with white women actually meant something to be like okay you're now a member of this Mm -hmm. this 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 organization that's a bit more prestigious it gets a little bit more done white women have the ear of white men white men have the power you know financing things of that nature so it's you know it's a really complicated thing Mm -hmm. and then for that white man who you know essentially i'm sure white women took offense too but essentially said well black women are now showing that they can be more than just harlots because the assumption was that uh black women were all overly sexually active and sexually available it was one of the reasons that white men would you know pretty much never be uh tried for sexual assault of a black woman in the south because they would always argue like you know no she jumped on me your honor it's nothing i could have done you know and it would and that was just assumed to be common knowledge like okay that's fine that's a legal defense um so in a way he thinks he's complimenting because he's never thought of black women as anything else and so he's like oh that proved they're not just whores they can also be as good and as bad as a white woman like it wasn't you know they proved they could be virtuous it's just they can prove it so i'm sure white women were offended as what the fuck they're not equal to us and i'm sure black women were like why the fuck do y'all even have to emphasize on the bad why do y'all have to keep downplaying us as if we're evil creatures and shit so anyway that was what that passage thought made me think about yeah and and it's a catch 22 because people still feel that way today which is really fucked up they might not use the same language they might not say the same verbiage but in many ways people feel that same way today yeah it reminds me a little bit of um like the organizing part of it um and uh i didn't obviously we don't really watch the golden globes and Mm-mm. pretty much any white award shows um but i know there was um williams a white actress she gave a speech at the golden globes and it was like a big deal you know people were you know shouting it out and of course it fell into factions because i don't i think this rift between white and black women has existed forever it will Ooh. always exist yes it will um and even in the case i just brought up once um once the vote uh 
for prohibition failed the white women basically turned on the black women kicked them out of the organization white liberals blamed black people and said that they're the ones who voted who didn't vote enough against prohibition and that's the reason it lost now it turns out white men obviously were the ones who wanted to keep alcohol i mean it's a huge source of income they're the ones that owns most of that means of production they're the ones probably consuming it more than any other group right not the women didn't drink but they consumed it more than any other but as long as you had black people you always had a scapegoat reminds me of uh the gay the the vote for gay marriage or whatever Mm -hmm. in california and how people blame black people for that white white liberal people blame black people for gay marriage marriage equality not passing in california and you literally had like million dollar funds from like the jesus christ church of latter-day saints yeah and 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 those white people who probably had the power to and money to get the ear politicians to go door to door to spread the word somehow they were let off the hook because you don't want to blame them and it's easier to blame black people as a scapegoat right um and so with michelle williams speech i know it's all going all kinds of tangents but with michelle williams speech last night she talked about how you know women uh are this powerful voting block and we all need to vote together and um you know that uh you know she was saying it on the long, along the lines of like mm-hmm. the right to choose you know uh abortion rights and you know if we all if we vote start voting for our interest and not against them blah, blah blah and of course you know every person on twitter pointed out black women already do that so you're really only talking to white women and you're talking to 53 percent of them who are okay with losing their own rights who are okay yes, sir. with uh you ain't talking to us their bodies being policed they're they're okay with all of that stuff um and so that's what it reminded me of too it's like you know this shit is from the past but all of it's still relevant today all of it is still um stuff that people are going through right now live and you know that that all connected to me when i I was reading that just now so yeah and it's amazing how people can say those statements but i realized doll you ain't talking to us who who do you really think this message ain't for us yeah and that's you know it's the other thing i always say man i don't think you know and this isn't to be uh some people feel like this is letting them off the hook but i i really don't feel it this way but white people do not think about us no they don't you know and so sometimes we ascribe a maliciousness to them in a way that i think is almost um it's almost giving them too much power like they just sit around in cabals and little rooms and every white person secretly hates mm-hmm. black people and they're like plotting on us and they're thinking about you how know, they want to that's why they thrown off half the time what because right. they didn't even consider the shit yeah like when you see one of these commercials or something some tweet or something that pisses black people off i don't think white people i don't think fortune 500 companies are sitting around in a room going how can we piss off black people i think they're just not thinking about us and you know the byproduct is that they piss us off with shit that they do and their thoughtlessness right um and michelle williams well-meaning person gave a great speech i'm sure black women were the furthest from her mind in that situation probably in a good way probably because she don't need well you know i don't want to be telling black women what to do um they're already doing the right things she really wanted to talk to her fellow white women and they always pull up a little bit short you know could have just said hey white women i'm talking to us it's us 53 percent of us you know she could have said that but 
is that women in general you know what all the women are white all the blacks are men you know so apparently uh anyway that's today's reading rainbow butterfly in the sky i can go twice as high take a look it's in a book a reading rainbow i can't flow anywhere friends to know and ways to grow a reading rainbow i can be anything take a look it's in a book a reading rainbow a reading rainbow all right so um i guess before we get into the show we, sh- we have two things to kind of talk about mm-hmm. um the first one uh is kind of some sad news obviously yes. uh karen i'll let you tell the audience yeah uh i received the uh, uh for those of you who don't know kind of anything about because i'm gonna kind of fill people in before i move go forward. ahead mm-hmm. okay for anybody that don't know uh, about me, my history with my mom and, and things like that, my, my biological mother is mentally ill and I've never lived in the same state with her. Um, um, when I was, uh, they, A, they never told, they told my mama she couldn't get pregnant. So I was just a, just a shocking surprise to the world all in itself. Like nobody expected me to be here from the beginning. Um, and, uh, she's been in like Albany, New York. So, um i was a shocking surprise nobody even believed uh that my mama was pregnant with me she had to stop taking her medication for me to be born and um there was actually now i was born in 1979 so there was um actually a family that had actually um wanted to kind of adopt me off of the books quote unquote Mm -hmm. And, um, they was basically gonna go through like that, that route of, of, of basically me never knowing my family. But, um, one of her sisters, um, who I, who, who, who actually raised me, that's why I call mama. So a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I go mama and mama, but I'm actually talking about two separate people. Um, so, um, her sister came and got me and says, no, I want you, you know, to know your family and things like that. And when she, uh, had got me, uh, she had told, uh, the state had told her to kind of discourage her from getting me that I wasn't going to walk, I wasn't going to be talk, I wasn't going to be deaf, I was going to be dumb, and and things like that. But she was determined that uh, I was going to get to know my family. So she basically adopted me and brought me down south. And I've been down south ever since, uh, even though I wasn't born here. Um, my biological uh, mother, uh, she uh, had Alzheimer's and uh, dementia and things like that she had her phase and she was had uh some periods of time where her where she had got good and she could drive and things like that and she had periods of time when she was in the halfway home um but uh she was in like a um almost like a old people facility and um she uh was put in hospice and she ended up passing away last night and um it was it was one of those things where it was like a mixed bag of emotions uh all at once uh because even though she didn't raise me that is my mama and i and i love her i love her with all my heart um i would uh center things i would uh center flowers and things like that uh and also 
um i hadn't seen my mama because of her condition and things like that and me and roger had finally got to the point in our lives where we could afford to actually go because you know people act like traveling is expensive you know a lot of people don't realize that traveling is very expensive so we had finally got to a point i had told roger that one of my goals this year was to actually go and see her and so i was kind of hurt that i didn't get to see her before she passed but i did uh I'm thankful for technology because family members that were actually got to go see her, they, um, had, uh, Skype. So we would Skype through phone. So I would actually talk to her. She could see me. I could see her. Uh, when she passed, she was in her right mind. Like, like she knew me. She knew Roger. She knew her brothers and sisters and all that type of thing. Um, things. And, um, one of my cousins, uh, had uh because my grandmom had 10 kids and i think two of the boys had already passed and my mama makes three out of the 10 and they had had like a group picture of them at one of the brothers uh funeral and the picture was made out of this glass and it uh glowed and it and it illuminated the room and so um one of my cousins had sent her one of, of actually last week and so uh she said that uh uh, the nurses had called us and uh, had called them and said that uh, my mama loved it and she wouldn't um, she wouldn't let them turn it off and things like that. Um, I am at peace with a lot of things. Um, I feel as though my mama had the best care. Um, I know some of my family had kind of wanted to bring her down south, but North Carolina is terrible. They constantly cut shit. They constantly defund shit um and my, and you know down here you can literally be mentally ill and sign yourself out so a lot of the homeless people actually need to be wards of the state and actually monitored and watched but because we have the the fucked up laws we have down here and they don't want to cover the cost um you have that so i knew that she was taken care of i knew her medication and you know me all that type of stuff so um for me i'm at peace they said that uh she just drifted away and so i'm i'm at peace there's no more suffering i don't have to worry about her being taken care of i don't have to worry about her maybe periodically fighting the nurses and things like that um i got to talk to one of the nurses uh, for the first time who had been watching my mom for like six years she said i've been watching mom for six years she says your mama uh would come in here when i ate my lunch and uh every sunday and uh my mama my aunt who i call mama my mama's name is cora and so she was like uh you want to call cora she said yeah so they would call uh my aunt cora and talk to her and things like that and so i think for me um it's the realization of uh you get one parent uh well you get two parents but for me i had one parent because because my mama's mentally ill and her condition I don't know who my daddy is. I would not know him if he stood right beside me. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I, I don't know anything. So for me, I just had one parent. And as far as I'm, no, I'm an only child. You know, he may have had other children. I don't know. I have no idea. I would not even know where to start. Um, as far as like hunting or name or anything. But, uh, through it all, I have learned, uh, to, uh, 
love myself and be a better person i think also for me i went through a lot of anger as a child not having my mama there i went through a lot of rebellion as a child i went through a lot of being scared that i was going to be quote unquote just like my mama i think a lot of my family was ashamed of her mental condition they were afraid of her mental condition they didn't really want to talk to me about her mental condition um and so when i got older i was like hey there's nothing really wrong with her you know she just has a middle condition it's not the end of the world you know i'm very open when people ask me i'm not ashamed you know because that's my mama so i'm not ashamed of her i don't want to hide her in a closet but you're talking about you know years ago when people used to um which they still do treat them bad but years ago uh when they used to really do a lot of things to people they quote unquote consider mentally ill there's a lot of people they call mentally ill they were not mentally ill they just put them in these facilities um and so it made me change my my philosophy on how i think about things and the definition of family changed over the years and things like that um uh i know that uh we might be taking some time off uh because we have to actually fly up there to you know to 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 see her and think not to see her but we have to see the body but 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 fly up there uh for arrangements and things like that and so i just kind of wanted to you know let everybody know you know about this and this process uh because we try to be very open you know with you guys and i know i'm not the only person who has lost a parent and and you're not alone <laughs> you know i'm not the only one who you know may have family members or moms or dads that might be have dementia or, or family members that have dementia and things like that and so or all and or alzheimer's so it's it's it just been a, a a process but me and roger was talking but part of getting older is knowing that uh parents do pass you know that's kind of the part of getting older so you know i think she was 68 my mom was 68 years old um and so i i loved her i loved her very dearly um like i said the biggest thing is that uh she was at peace so i'm at peace um but i just wanted to give you guys heads up just in case you know it's the fluctuations in the show yeah so we may or may not be able to make all the episodes you know obviously um you know um uh, i think also it's just one of those things too where it's part of life and <clears throat> you know that sucks is you get older um you either die or the people around you die it's no right. you know it's just it's just something that i think um you know comes comes with the territory um and then uh i think also with her not like being able to like be here and stuff you know it really sucks that we couldn't really get up there um more you know we couldn't like it's it's so weird like you 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 spend your whole life trying to like get out of debt get money Mm -hmm. do this do that um but it's just another way that you know capitalism and stuff affects everything because you know by the times we really have means to like travel and do stuff boom you know um and uh i do think that it's one of those things too where uh you process how process it however you process it right i remember you, know? you tell them yeah you telling me that because it's one of those things where I, I just i don't know i don't know how to respond and it's okay not to know how to respond it's it's, it's yeah. okay to not know how to feel it's okay not that it's okay to have a mixed bags of emotion it's okay to be sad angry depressed all wrapped up in one it's it's okay to be happy one minute inside the next people say that but it's a difference between saying it and actually allowing yourself to actually go 
through the through that process and the thing is you never quote unquote get over grief i think a lot of people say that because they don't want to deal with your sadness so they tell people to quote unquote get over it. you never get over grief you learn how to live with it yeah i think also there's like a um you know i know when peg died it was interesting because uh after after the funeral i wanted to record the show Mm-hmm. you know and maybe that's when maybe that's you know when you go okay i'm this is what i'm supposed to be doing in my life because you would think oh no i'm good now <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean like, like we had just got back nothing home. to say nothing to, you know and i thought about it all day like nah, i'm probably not gonna want to do this show you know sad um but um i also wanted to put down what she meant right so um and then i think also it comes in waves it does you know it's not uh something that you know i mean for me anyway it's mm-hmm. not something that hits me all at once you know you think back to a memory a mm-hmm. birthday things like that um so i think that matters too um and you know only time can tell you know i think also it's different when you can like kind of prepare a bit you know with peg mm-hmm. i was able to prepare um i was able to you know go say goodbye kind of um and i think that made a big difference you know but uh obviously uh you know it's it's just how you can how you manage you know and i know you like uh you know you're you're a person that uh for and it's not the stereotypical like thing that people say but you know you, you are a very strong person you know like you're uh um you're able to process things on a, on a on a way uh and, and keep uh your happiness mm-hmm. and keep your joy you know you've really fought for that and mm-hmm. so you know um that i think that's it and then also it's kind of like even with what we do and i think now with social media it's like you feel like you're in a fishbowl a little bit yes you do like am i doing this right mm-hmm. you know being an adult am i am i adulting right am i and there's no rule book the right amount of sad am i the right amount of have i can i have joy uh now can i you know like what what do i have to do you know and all that stuff so i you know i just wanted to say you know like we are a unit you know i'm here for you and whatever we have to do you know i got you and you know whatever you want to do you know like i i probably asked you he probably was annoyed i asked you so no. many times a day like sure you want to do so sure you want to do so because you don't got to do so we don't got to do a show but you know i at the same time i remember you know when peg died you know you was like sure you want to do so you want to do so and i i was like absolutely you know like this is a place where we go we can be ourselves right um and and it's what we do so right right it's 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 what we do and it's also uh one of the things where i like i said i hadn't physically seen my mom i virtually seen her but i haven't physically seen her since i was in my 20s like 21 22 i'm like 20 i mean i'm 40 now mm-hmm. so um we're going to view her body and right. then we're going to cremate her um because you know truth be told it's very expensive she has family we got, she got family there she has family down here too it's very very expensive to fly bodies you know um and it's extra cost you're talking mm. about eight nine ten thousand mm. dollars just you know to fly the body for the for the funeral arrangements and all that stuff it's very very expensive um and so 
you know i'm at peace you know it's just me i think right now it's more my mind is in get it done mode i don't know if right. that makes sense because i don't have any brothers and sisters it's literally just me making the decision so i don't really have to bounce off nobody i don't have to debate or argue with anybody or right. i'll just say i hear anybody point of view outside of my own um which can be good and bad mm-hmm. um but at the same time you know i kind of me and um mama had already decided what we were going to do with mama we had already decided you know if something was to happen we was going to go we were going to make it small we were going to make it cute if you could come come and then don't don't but also it's one of them things where you got to keep it real my mama has been alive 68 years if y'all cared enough y'all knew where she was you would have took the time to come and see her i hate to be like that and i you know i hate to be flat-footed like that but but that is the truth i think also uh and i don't know if it's i don't know this a black thing necessarily even in my mind i associate with black thing but of course i've really only been around black death in my life mm-hmm. um but i know some people get super dramatic with the funeral super dramatic with and, the will super dramatic with that type of shit mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's like it's like something out of a you know uh, a tyler okay. perry movie or something yes it and is i've seen it got family I, members like that yeah it's it's one of the reasons i i don't really knock tyler perry too much because i'm like all this shit come from somewhere yes, like it does just because certain black people is kind of ashamed of it or think we move past it or it's ignorant but all these stereotypes and shit in his work comes from real life and we all know when you know my grandma passed it's you know people want to argue about this and who's mm-hmm. gonna get that and you know who we need this type of arrangement mm-hmm. and this this home and this preacher like it's mm-hmm. you know and it becomes another form of stress you know yes it um, does and you know you would think that when you pass you don't want your loved ones to be stressed mm-hmm. you know you want them to you don't like you you somewhere in the great beyond or in the great nothingness or whatever you're not sitting around thinking like these niggas better have these type of flowers and they better not do this and you know i want to be buried on a tuesday or whatever like you're not thinking that shit um as sad as it is but funerals are for the living you know these these moments are for the living and um i think certain people it just it's, it's a thing to fight over and and that's how their grief forms and that fighting that anger and stuff but yeah you know obviously not looking forward to it but um i do want to um just be there and support you and show you you know like and the same way that's the deal (laughs) you know like when you get married that's the thing is sickness and health is death do you part is you know better or worse it's all that shit and i think you know when people romanticize love and marriage and unions and stuff i always feel like they think of the happy shit yeah they do you know they think of of the good the good shit you know and i think and maybe this will be one of these weird episodes of the show we just talk about a bunch of deep shit but i think increasingly what has happened is especially now with social media and the way we can disconnect so easily um we cherry pick and we also cherry pick what we present to the world Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to present to you uh the thing that made me cry i don't want to present to you the thing that made me upset i don't want to present to you the thing that you know even and it's sometimes opposite i don't want to show you what makes me happy maybe i gotta i gotta go fund me and i i need y'all to help me make my rent so if i show y'all that i just uh fucking play playstation all day i ain't gonna get the money so you know like people can cherry pick what they present to the world and i think we have in that way 
we've always been able to do it but now these tools are so fucking refined like you can i mean you can find out some, somebody can be a complete fucking sociopath and you have no idea because their online presence looks one way um someone could be d- depressed but their online presence can look a different way someone could be faking depression someone could be faking trauma like yes all this type of stuff and we don't really know each other anymore and i think um these these situations these stressful like family type of situations are the ones are the moments where it's like no this is what real bonds are to some extent i'm not saying if you got a toxic terrible family you have to keep putting up with their shit i'm not i definitely don't believe in that but this is real you don't get to hide you know the the stuff from our marriage marriage has to be real if it's gonna work you know you can't you can't be like well all right i see you crying i'm going to the gym i'll holler you know what i mean yeah because you don't want to deal with emotions i'm gonna be out there with craig and them all right then take care of that you know so i think um you know these are these are the moments that i that and i'm not saying in a net in a positive like fun way but this is the shit that i anticipate when we got married you know when we you know this is the shit you have to anticipate and yeah people don't you know people sometimes don't like to hear me like i have friends and especially if they're single because you know they're aspirational they're looking forward to you know relationships and marriage and stuff and i and i and i I, i'm with that i hey if you want it if you like it i love it but sometimes they don't like talking to me about that kind of shit because i'm a bit fatalistic with it because i'm like well it's kind of a sad endeavor you're signing up to watch another person slowly die for the rest of your yes, life. Yes, you are. That's the that's the goal essentially. One of y'all was out of here before the other, <laughs> before one. The other one. Unless y'all both go at the same time. Right, right. So you know, you try to think about the the you enjoy the ups as much as you can. You enjoy the the day to day as much as you can. But then I anticipate and I want to. I look at it as like a test and as like a um not something to be avoided but something to be understood is that i want to be the crutch i want to be somebody you can lean on i don't want to be you know like sometimes you gotta be the strong one sometimes you gotta you get to sometimes you're the one that's that's going through it and you're weak you Mm -hmm. know like it's you know obviously quotes around weak and strong there but right you know like i think that's the shit that that matters sometimes somebody gonna be holding you up and sometimes they're gonna you're gonna be holding them up and i my personal opinion is that part of marriage and friendship and all this stuff is not romanticized enough we romanticize the wedding we romanticize the honeymoon having children we romanticize anniversaries Mm -hmm. we romanticize birth Mm -hmm. we romanticize you know all this other shit that isn't the stuff that counts you know like you can go through good times with just about anybody yes you can most people ain't gonna ruin a good time no they're not you know the money flowing the 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 the, the champagne is bubbly the pictures look great come on but when you got to go hey i might have to default on my student loan or, 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 or can i get my student loan what you call deferred right and and i and you know and i'm not trying to take the romance out of it i feel like these things are romantic you know i feel like that's the that's the real fucked up part is you know you watch a rom-com and it's mostly good shit they have one fight and then back to good shit right that's 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 and it's always like near the beginning of a relationship or something like that and i and i'm like you know the the stuff where the love 
that you you know fill your tank up with the stuff where you have to like use that fuel is this shit you know yeah, yeah it's, it's the hospital stays yes yeah, yeah, sir you know it's it's not all gravy you know and at the same time i'm not saying that that doesn't make it worth it i'm saying i i you have to have some love for both i, I and uh there's another analogy that i lose people on a lot of times because they because we've been so conditioned to not see love as one fountain as one well we see love as like all these different streams but i think it's one well but think about your child you don't go i love my child oh they sick uh i love my child oh they made a mistake mm, fuck them you know but right when I, like people have a different relationship with their children because they really that's the closest we have to unconditional love people really will be like they made a mistake and i and i talk I, I, it's, it's a learning moment i forgive them you know i remember once i asked on facebook when's the last time you apologize when's the last time you accept the apology i'd say over half the answers were people talking about their kids which means that they only open their hearts up to literally their children right no one else is allowed to make a mistake they're not allowed they don't apologize to anyone else they don't accept apologies from anyone else um and i'm like the to me all love flows from that same well so correct you have to have some of that with your romantic partner too i'm not saying it's the exact same Mm -hmm. obviously but you know i feel like that partnership and that that is not spoken of enough yeah and also it's one of those things where (laughs) different people's expectations is very different because i remember one time when you had got sick and i was in the um the hospital um for me how can i say i didn't think twice about it i was Mm -hmm. like oh this is the shit i'm supposed to do i'm supposed to be here i'm supposed to worry about you i'm supposed because uh, you know because the thing is uh you know you have a network but at the same time you try to handle things the best you can by yourself Mm -hmm. and so you know i literally spent the bulk of the night there by myself right you know i contacted your parents like the next day but my thing was being considered i was like i didn't want to call y'all at midnight you know wake y'all up they was like they looked at me like if if, what are you talking about girl but i but but in my mind i was like you're mine i'm yours you're my responsibility i'm supposed to carry this burden i'm supposed to to be here i'm supposed to sit sit here you know in the in the room for hours um you know in the er in an uncomfortable ass chair hmm. you know just sitting there you know i because i i called my job uh, and i was waitressing then i called my job and i told them look i told them my husband's sick i'm gonna tell you right now i don't know when i'm gonna come back and i'm not coming back till he get well right. y'all do whatever the fuck y'all got to do because i feel like this this ain't the first job and this ain't this won't be my last one right. but my husband is gonna be here whether or not i have this motherfucker or not and so you literally have to be like that yeah, I remember, in certain situations i remember when you were in the hospital at the operation and uh <laughs> i was you know basically stay overnight every night and then uh go home you know when once like visitors or somebody came i would go home and shower and change and do the stuff for the podcast and then come back to the hospital and it was crazy because so many people were like 
like people that worked there and shit was like so you you stay in here and i'm like of they course. were surprised to see you actually slip or slip on that right. hard ass chair on sofa. Like, yeah i was like why you know basically essentially like who the fuck wouldn't you a know a lot of people don't but i get right i guess a lot of people don't not i mean when you think about it that's that place is a tough place a hospital is a tough place mm-hmm. it's a this very few times is something good going down in a hospital right you're going through the shit you're going through the mud you're going through the down part of being together you know um someone brought it up in the chat too hey man everybody don't have the tools for this and some of this no, stuff some of this stuff you gain as you get older mm-hmm. uh you gain as you learn to trust people you learn what makes a healthy relationship um some stuff you have to unlearn yeah you know maybe you didn't grow up with all this trust and shit i'm very fortunate to have grown up with the family i have to see a lot of positive stuff you know um not saying everybody's perfect blah blah blah, but i got to see a lot of positive things you know conflict resolution uh compromise um you know the emotional side of things and the quote-unquote logical side of things and how both of them can miss sometimes the obvious or misunderstand each other and um i think that kind of stuff is is really where you know that's where it is that's where that's where uh you're learning how to be ready for this kind of shit and sometimes you just don't know you're ready until it happens and there's no blueprint there's no roadmap for it there's not and and the thing is uh you don't know what you're made of until you're under pressure and 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 pressure buffs pipes so you know when you're under pressure what's in you has got to come out right and that's what people don't understand if you're an inconsiderate asshole that shit's gonna come out and if you are a loving kind gentle forgiving person that shit's gonna come out yeah and that's that's something that's the reality of it that's hard for people to to understand and also you know the type of uh because because you live the life that you live you loved me unconditionally i didn't have to perform i didn't have to dance i didn't have to uh put on a mask for you or any of that you was like i love you just like you are it took me a while to believe you but once i believed you i was like oh i'm i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you the love that you gave me mm-hmm. so you telling me i was beautiful when i didn't believe it in myself you you know still thinking i'm sexy after all these years like like that shit means something to me so in my mind i don't think twice about sitting in the hospital i don't think twice about being up all night long i like 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 in my mind i'm looking like well bitch this is what you're supposed to do right you know but 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 to me because that's the standards that i have you know and um sometimes i forget that uh, the, 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 the love and the caring that we have, the men you have for each other, a lot of people weren't taught that. A lot of people don't know right. that. A lot of people's, that's not funny. They, they, they had it abused and used. Right, against them. A lot of people have fucked up definitions of what love is. Right. A lot of people think sex is, is equivalent to love. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think abuse is equivalent to love. Beat me is equivalent to love. Trauma bonding. Right, trauma bonding is equivalent to love. So you, like you said, you have to un- unlearn and untrain your, your mind and, and it's a process. It, it really is a process. But once you get to the point where you find healthy love outside of your children, like people gonna love their children, but right. you, but people 
need this love outside of they need it in a some form of a, most people unless you unless you're like asexual or something like that most people want and desire love outside of their children in an intimate partner or partner's relationship all right so like i said that's the heavy stuff um try to you know get it out of the way or whatever um for the show um i know uh you know sometimes i worry about the show on like today where i'm like we just had such a good time yesterday and then today it's like all right guys listen (laughs) but you know that's honestly that's what makes our show real yes and that's why i think you know we we have been um successful with what we do i think that's why you know we had to stay in power and it's you know it's because we didn't have to put on an act we didn't come on here and pretend we don't you know kind of fake it for everyone we just kind of uh do our things uh do our thing and i think that's why we officially have made it 10 years year anniversary for the podcast yes like i saw that alert alert on my phone today i saw you know you look on your facebook memories and it was like hey we started this show january 6 2010 and i was like damn uh we did people spent a whole decade listening to niggas do what we do y'all we done came a long way (laughs) from the music lyrics in the background us hovering us hovering over the mic like a snowball mm. i mean like a campfire <laughs> yeah we uh <laughs> and justin been with us that the whole time too i know just about just about man we've been dragging justin along so i was you know i was very happy man uh to celebrate this milestone because i mean you know a lot of podcasts will never make it this far um i know uh you know shit some some of my favorite podcasts some of our friends some of our you know it's like it's they, hard to do it's, and they like we we we, we got life and, and 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 life kicks your ass and i you know i understand i be sad and i be disappointed and i be wishing they come back but i understand people uh tapping out you know it's 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 harder than you think you it, know it people, is motherfucking work people, our people have stopped and started in our in our time we mm-hmm. done seen you know people doing the uh well we back episode every every, 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 every time episode, every episode is we we back we back it's hard to do this shit man it's uh, uh as aaron freeman said on my facebook page like it's a marathon not a sprint like yeah you know you gotta you gotta be committed to doing what you do um and it made me look up some stats for um podcasts um uh, because i was like you know i want to put this into like perspective um the first thing was there's this thing called pod fade and it's essentially when a podcast stops producing the oh, show okay the average number of episodes before a podcast stops producing a show is seven yeah seven we have over 2020 episodes on our main feed 2020 and that's just the main feed it's not including the, the the probably 1500 behind the paywall right and most of them being you know over an hour and some change you know like we've really you, produced a lot of good content you can't tell us we don't work um also like you know with the bonus content and stuff 
we're hard working like yesterday after we did the regular show i sat in here with justin for a couple hours and we knocked out five movie reviews mm-hmm. uh for our spoiled movie review feed and you know people loved it i'm seeing all the comments i was like oh they they love this yeah and we got some more coming up y'all yeah but the point being like you know the, i know movie podcast that that's all they do yeah that yeah. won't be able to match that level of production mm-hmm. you know so like you know uh 10 years in i feel like we could pat ourselves on the back a little bit today because i mean we really have surpass so many people and so many expectations um to do what we do um so this one was an article called it's from pacificcontent.com uh i i analyzed 10 million podcast episodes to find the average length okay um Ooh, it's a lot. so the average overall length of a podcast is 43 minutes and 24 seconds mm, that sounds about right yeah now probably that's one a week yeah so (laughs) you know you listen um, to one show a week right uh and they just did like a computer analysis so it had like an 11 hour episode and one of them one of them was a one second episode so but it just kind of found the 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 average the average um and the longest episodes by genre are typically video games yeah video game podcasts typically have the longest episodes yeah because you're talking about video games and nerds and they can go long-winded or and or you actually maybe listen to to somebody play a video game yeah other games their music games and hobbies so people love talking about their games Mm -hmm. uh tv and film is fifth hobbies and then comedy is seven number eight islam right below comedy Mm, that's interesting um they also have went in and said uh looking at the average popular show like what's that like um so they just went by the apple podcast u.s top 400 october 25th 2018 and said that um the longest episode of a top 400 show was three hours and seven minutes for dan collins hardcore history and the shortest was a two-second episode from jordan b peterson podcast um and so the average length of the top 400 shows 53 minutes four seconds and the median length was 47 minutes 30 seconds so basically a little under an hour mm-hmm. um, that's why you have not trying funny a lot of dude bros and then people tell you hey you need to be this you need to be that because that's what that still them yeah and i think also they analyze these things and they just kind of go this is the ideal podcast but i don't know that any of this shit matters it doesn't uh to the person listening 100 percent, because everybody's listening for a different reason correct so i brought i looked up these other stats um 197 million americans have heard about podcasts that's a lot yeah and this is from october of last year okay so so this is pretty current stuff 32 percent of americans listen to podcasts at least once a month okay that's a lot higher than i thought it would be to be frank um a third of americans listen to a podcast at least once once a month month. yep uh there are about seven hundred and fifty thousand active podcasts in 2019 that's a lot uh on average 45 percent of podcast listeners have an annual household income of more than 250 dollars two hundred fifty thousand dollars which is what bananas yeah like people that listen to podcasts got money like that Mm -hmm. that's why sponsors matter yeah two million podcasts are registered by google so not all of those are active Active, obviously 
but they're registered 54 percent of podcast consumers say they think about buying advertised products which is one of the reasons advertising on podcasts is so smart is because unlike radio where i think it's something like less than one percent or something like yeah because these commercial people flip the channels it's either one percent it's either less than one percent or one to three percent i can't remember the last time i looked it up but it was a very low percentage of the people actually buy the stuff now i don't know about think about buying but that's a very low percentage for how many people buy shit yeah and for the amount of money invested because i remember uh dexter from shadow dog was like hey i've advertised all types of ways but once i started advertising on your show he was like yeah people buy it like y'all have a very dedicated loyal fan base um 54 percent of podcast consumers okay i said that businesses spent 497 million dollars on podcast advertising in 2018 uh now most that's probably for white podcasts you know it uh would love to be able to get to some of that money so i could be a black capitalist yes sir uh brands <laughs> brands that advertise their products on podcasts enjoy an average of 14 percent rise in purchase intent mm-hmm. so that's that's amazing like i said when you consider radio is like literally like one percent um 51 percent of americans over the age of 12 have listened to a podcast that's a lot yeah yeah Um, and i think the with more people getting smartphones like now smartphones is the standard that i think that's another reason why these numbers jump because podcasts are more convenient now you don't have to plug up your apple to turn your ipod ipod and all that other shit there are more than 29 million podcast episodes available in more than 100 uh, languages wow uh 61.1 million american families are fans of po- music podcast um which you know so whether that's talking about music or some i know some podcasts actually just play like a playlist of music right um uh 74 of podcast users listen to podcasts to learn something new mm. so when people write in and say that i learned something from you guys uh whether that's our intent or not they really do right like that might be that it doesn't mean they're not learning and it's definitely their intent when they turn it on um the fastest growing countries of podcasting is chile argentina peru and mexico Ooh. Mm-hmm. uh a lot of brown see. people 6.5 million adults in the uk listen to podcasts weekly uh 67 percent of podcast audience are made up of people from 18 to 44 years old hmm so you know that's a fairly you know young demographic that still has like uh money to spend mm-hmm. um and you know that's the same age that people covet for like streaming services tv audiences all that stuff uh podcasts embody 10 percent of all the content that millennials listen to uh 56 percent of podcast listeners are male while 44 percent are female um we don't really have a non-binary thing or anything on this one okay. and it's amazing how a lot of the stuff isn't targeted they they're doing better about targeting shit towards women mm. but for a while they like act like women just fucking didn't exist yeah yeah a lot of these ads are harry's razors and shit like that right know? bevel uh was something where we had to be like hey women can use this too now mm-hmm. you know yeah i worked I, I, i've shaved with it before it worked good 34 million women listened to podcasts in 2018 that's a lot of women it's a, it's 68% more likely for a podcast listener to have a postgraduate degree ooh that means most people are very highly educated 
yeah podcast is 44 45 more likely for a podcast listener to have a college degree um looking at gender differences in podcasts and education female podcast users have a higher education and income than the overall u.s population according to podcast analytics no shit so while more men listen and a lot of podcasts cater to men women are the ones with the money and the education ain't that some shit yeah I did, did you, <laughs> but you but you act like the audience don't exist yeah and still what's funny is that uh um the decision makers mostly seem to chase after the male uh demographic uh because i think that's just tradition with radio and tv so the decision makers um in podcasting are quicker to give that like if i weren't running network okay let me reach out to a man who's doing a podcast even if what the man does is something that pisses women off you know it's like okay we want to be a network with joe button we want to you know we got to get charlamagne we got to get ti and women might be like fuck them i i don't like them i don't want to but that's the people who get the money behind them normally you know Mm -hmm. not obviously not all and there's a lot of women that that they've gotten in the game too but it's just funny how how male dominated a lot of the like quote-unquote official podcasts are um while women are the ones listening yeah and then you know podcasts that actually cater towards women be like well goddamn why all these women then they get sponsors that cater towards women and everybody trying it's almost like almost like the thing where the black movie come out and they're like oh shit niggas like movie yes women like the shit too and women's purchasing power like you know we got purchasing power is ignorant to ignore this whole ass audience yeah and not like obviously i see our donations Mm -hmm. i see our premium listeners and stuff like that and i don't i've never looked to see like exactly what the percentage is of men Mm -hmm. versus women i've never done a survey or anything like that but i would say that um it's if not 50 50 is like slightly majority women probably anecdotally off the top of my head and a lot of times people will say to us well how did you monetize how do you uh how do y'all make uh money how how are y'all able to do that and i think a lot of this shit really is because of our natural predisposition to be like we love women we love black people we love our people and a lot of that to me and it's not fake and it's not us putting Mm -hmm. on airs it's Mm -hmm. not it wasn't like a branding decision where we say we're gonna get all this money like literally uh i lost a job and karen was like we should try to make money so it wasn't like by design but i think by happenstance or whatever a lot of how we were able to monetize is because of that type of inclusive uh quote unquote um just kind of like more fair-minded thing now uh this doesn't mean that these shows that are very like woman bashing and shit and black women this and you know all that those, those shows make money too yes they do but if you look at it, a lot of times they make money off of like advertisers or someone coming in and quote unquote paying them to do what they do right um which kind of takes the listener almost out of the equation mm-hmm. but as a listener funded podcast i know a, a large part of this is because you know um black women feel okay giving us money and supporting what we do you know because we're not just out here trying to like embarrass them but at the same time we're not out here just pandering and you know at the same time you know the goal isn't to just be a pandering podcast is men ain't shit men are trash uh women is everything please give us your money please give us your money please mm-hmm. get you know like we just keep it real but it's it's also i think um not a coincidence that we're one of the few shows as black that can monetize like this 
um agreed 43 percent of podcast fans use spotify to listen to podcasts yes uh spotify they are game changer for people and and we me and roger we said this years ago these music apps are like hey let's get into podcasting let's blend them and spotify is like open now where anybody can get on and that changed it because now you allow people when people go i got a podcast you can go hey some of my actually was a podcast but then you go you got a spotify yes it's this and they can just type in the title i don't have to have a fucking separate app i don't have to download nothing new i don't have to take because once you start taking extra steps for a lot of people they fucking tap out yeah um and that's also amazing because spotify hasn't been in the game that long no it hasn't and so because they most people get a get their podcast normally on like a phone and stuff and apple was the first people that really put podcasts into like what they do into their phones and their ipods and stuff it's interesting to see that like literally spotify came in and just boom now we're doing podcasts the original stuff and just going and cherry picking the good shows from other places and now i think they can just you can just either submit your feed and and they'll take anybody but yeah um 43 percent is a huge amount for somebody that just hopped into the um thing and plus spotify has the advantage of being on android and right you know all the other stuff right and also the the thing particularly with the apple they still keep that shit separate which is fucking dumb combine that mm-hmm. um let's see uh 39 percent of smart speaker owners listen to podcasts at least once a week i know i do mm-hmm. uh 60 percent of podcast shows are downloaded from apple um the average podcast listener subscribes to seven different shows weekly i i passed that i'm, I'm, I, above, I I'm way above average yeah, me too it's stupid right and I know. but but see yeah that that makes sense because you, you variety your taste and all that stuff 52 percent of podcast subscribers listen to entire episodes which is much higher than i thought it would be mm-hmm. uh 58 percent of podcast consumers listen to between 76 to 100 percent of all the podcasts downloaded on their devices i will never be in that percentage i have so many downloaded i'll never get to them all i agreed um around 26 percent of podcast listeners speed up podcasts while listening yeah i know some, some people say when they listen to the show and, and come in live they like wow i'm so used to hearing this like speed i just listen to the normal speed i've never sped up or slowed down or anything like that yeah but that means somebody out there is listening to us right now like we are the chipmunks uh <laughs> c-h-i-p-m-u-n-k yes alvin simon theodore do 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 you're welcome out there person listening to us on three times speed or whatever um yeah uh podcast listeners spend an average of six hours and 37 minutes listening to podcasts every week um 90 percent of podcast consumers prefer to listen to podcasts at home um i, I would think most people would probably be listening to them commuting and stuff but i, I listen to them at, everywhere yeah. home in the car at the gym uh, more than half of Americans do chair- chores while listening to podcasts. Yeah, cleaning up. Welcome to the fold, okay? I'm in hive. I'm in the chore hive, okay? <laughs> 94% of podcast consumers are active on at least one social media channel, which is a great way for promotion. It's why we tell people, if you're tweeting about the show, use TBGWT. TBT. Come follow us on Instagram. Come be on our Facebook page. Yes. Like, we love that stuff. Um, more than half of U.S. podcast listeners pay attention to the ads which is much higher than radio mm-hmm. uh 54% of podcast consumers say they think about buying an advertised product i think i already said that one um 
what was the other one that um there was another one that i thought was interesting i think it was by race but it might be down there um let's see 50 billion episodes have been streamed or downloaded from apple monday tuesday and wednesday are the best days to release a podcast yo that is so true because when we do the show i can watch our feedback in uh on our hashtag and like we do you know saturday sunday monday and then you'll see like a boom 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 feedback 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 but you get towards the end of the week i don't know, people want to get off work they ain't got time to be on twitter they've been procrastinating all week i don't know you it's time to get shit done you get a lot less thursday friday saturday you know hashtag like yo i'm listening to the show uh so that makes total sense um let's see amazon prime podcast has 150 act- million active users what amazon prime got podcasts i don't i didn't know that what all right what's the statistics from june 2019 i didn't even know amazon prime had a podcast uh 50 percent of surveyed americans say podcasts are too long because you know why americans work too fucking much yes, they we do. don't have time and that's why i always say don't make your show for everybody because the thing that i always find interesting when people get podcasts and advice they always tell you make it short they always tell you not to you know don't go too long not too often not this and i'm like dog if the person listening to you is like upset that your show is too long they ain't the one for you nope they're not your targeted audience they really ain't fucking with you anyway yeah because the the thing is as a podcast listener there are short podcasts that are boring as fuck and then there are long podcasts that are entertaining you normally it's hard to have both Mm -hmm. you know most people don't do both so a lot of times people don't want to admit i don't like listening because you're not entertaining dog i've heard that's the truth like honestly if i roll my eyes at your podcast man i'm all it's because i already don't really fuck with you and that's you know and i mean that's just an honest thing not the people you know i'm not naming no names but Mm -hmm. you know i think and it's same thing for us If, if people look at us and go oh two hours yeah dog they don't really fuck with us right and i'm you fine know because because you know what when i listen to the morning jones i never once was like three hours of this shit no i mm-hmm. love the morning jones i and even the listen- longer the better yeah i was listening to the commercials and shit you Same. know when um you know when dan levitar's show is on and, and he's gonna be on there for three hours four hours out of the middle of the day people look forward to that time and they don't you know and, and radio's you know to me way worse than podcasts because you got throwing all this product placement advertising and and all and you can't make everything fucking fun you know Mm-mm. but yeah so i me personally i'm like yeah dog if they fuck with us um they gonna fuck with us so it's gonna be as long as it needs to be you know yeah and also it's one of those things where different people's lifestyle demands different types of podcasts people grow people change people evolve and you have some people who like you say have three and four hour commute back and forth to work so they love hey i'm sitting in traffic i can listen i don't have to have 14 episodes queued up because every 10 minutes y'all finished and i've binged podcasts before i have to they have like 20 30 minute episodes i just binge right through them because Mm -hmm. i you know i have the time and if i like it i want it all right now you know so you know when we made our show it was you know we didn't set out with this as a goal i remember the first episode is us saying how short it was gonna be 20 minutes 
it was uh how short it was gonna be we weren't gonna talk about politics mm-hmm. we stand up from all that shit yeah we were just gonna have fun this is uh, you know is you know and look at the, what the show became because you don't know you know um another thing i would point out man be consistent you know pick that thing you can do it when you, you know pick that that thing that you can stick to that's really the hardest part of podcasting it's mm-hmm. why most people are not gonna make it Mm-mm. it's because picking being dedicated enough to say i no matter how i feel no matter what's going what's on, going on i cancel we've canceled family engagements appointments people but i don't know no no i got some schedule during that time we like this time got to be free yeah and so i think that was a huge fucking part for us to be like yo we're going to commit to doing this and if we have to change our lives around to make this happen then we're gonna do that uh thing another thing people forget about is commute time a lot of people have long ass commutes and fucked up traffic come on and you can't listen as much as you know you can only listen to an album uh, so So many times before sometimes you just need some brain food to get your mind off of something even if you're listening to us arguing along with us even if you're listening to us (laughs) laughing or crying or whatever you're just not thinking about that mundane shit that you're doing on the way to work or at your job or whatever heading home and i think a lot of people don't talk about that when they talk about podcasting and they talk about what it can be it can be whatever you imagine you know if you want to do an interview show you can do that you want to do improv you want to do skits you want to make shit up every week whatever you want whatever topic and it's really no rhyme or reason to what truly takes off um you know unless of course you know you can take some of the uh variance out of it by having these like networks you know so like if buzzfeed is doing your show you know probably less likely that you'll get let not get a lot of listeners they right they could put a little bit more about you know spotify is doing your podcast chances are you're gonna get the best leg forward you can get agreed but you know and the other part i mean i i, I forgot where i got this statistic but black people only make up 14 percent of podcast listeners and white people make up like 53 or something like some high percentage like 63 percent or something like that so like we're fighting a uphill battle to do this black ass show uh like we had to get you know a higher percentage of 14 percent that was like yo we're gonna we're gonna fuck with you the long way and we're gonna download your stuff um so um before we get into the rest of the show i just want to take the time to say thank you 10 years into the show um you know thank thank you as a partner you know thank you as a co-host um you know thank you obviously as my wife my business partner all that stuff because i i remember you know being like i want to do this thing this idea i think it would be really cool and you know uh at the same time i didn't want to do it alone you know i shit i never recorded a podcast alone until last year so you know so i didn't want to do it alone and i didn't have anyone else in the world i wanted to do it with but you and i remember you being like i don't know we can call it i'd be a producer and yeah. i work in the background don't call I it i do the cue cards don't call it ron and karen what if i you know quit what if i'm not good what if i'm and you what if i quit yeah i did tell you that you did tell me that um you want to if i it's okay if i want to change people and do a different co-host which i was like i could fade into the background yeah i wasn't gonna have some other person in our house every week but is um it was just kind of 
it really it really did work out like that's one time that i that i'm the one that had the belief before it was a thing you did because so, so. and, and it was the fact that i didn't have belief i didn't know it was no rules no regulations yeah. no no road no we didn't even use our real names if oh you, we yeah. didn't if you would have said no i we wouldn't have had a podcast like this journey that i'm so proud of that you know i'm looking at these pictures and seeing From all like, over the place you know all this stuff that we've done out because today when i was posting it on social media i was like oh let me go find some pictures to post of this and it's you know it's all these people that have made our lives so special yes these, um, i remember know, so. all the pics like the uh y'all just don't know the the over the 10 years just seeing this morph and change and grow into something we never beyond our wildest imagination we went from how the fuck do you put this shit on itunes to we doing a live show nigga we done come a long way like the flim cigarettes the fuck is this yeah. like we have literally uh walked and shocked and surprised and you know people wanting and desiring to take pictures with us i i, I think the the first time we went to awesome con was the first time we actually got to see our audience because right. i'm not trying to be funny we knew y'all were out there but in our minds y'all were statistics not trying to be funny like we knew people wrote in we go okay we know they're real people but it's different between that and you actually people actually recognizing you because i i think the thing for me was when we did awesome con with chris and them for the first time i was walking and somebody said my name and i turned around and all of a sudden all these people just started waving at me i was like hey i like i didn't really know how to take it because i was like oh they and, come and, to see me and look shout out to FanCon because even those statistics online and those numbers aren't the same as somebody coming out to see you right you know it's easy to be you know we've had to walk a lot on faith with this shit where it's like i hope we can do this thing <laughs> like you know we like awesome kind was our first like oh my god these people are they really actually do fuck with us it's not just you know Pretend. people say a lot of shit on the internet man you can't trust it it's you know oh man if y'all did this i would do you know if you made this shirt i'll buy it i'm like okay here's the shirt oh they did buy it okay uh, the, the, you know the, 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 yeah they, they y'all go the truth. if y'all set up a paypal we'll give y'all money okay we'll see you know that's my attitude but then people have been proving me wrong left and right my whole the whole 10 years and so when you know we were gonna do negro con with uh where's my 40 acres and my uh the insanity report uh insanity check podcast uh chris and brandon and deidre and twan and Mm -hmm. and uh mike and when we were gonna do that i remember being like i mean we're gonna try our best to sell out this the seats in here and i hope that we can do, do it. it and we sold it out in so fast it was like what the fuck yeah so you fast know? people was like i didn't even get a chance to get the tickets i think we announced it other people hadn't had a chance to announce it them bitches was already sold out yeah we was looking at each other in the house like are you seeing the, the you know like chris is emailing us like yeah so it's only like 10 tickets left and we're like we haven't even really got to announce the full mm-hmm. thing you know um had to get extra seating and everything we did our live show man like people don't know man like we paid for all that shit up front mm-hmm. you know we didn't really necessarily i mean we made a profit off of it but we didn't know you know what i mean and that shit was expensive <laughs> like it wasn't i mean expensive for me i don't know maybe balling ass motherfuckers are like that ain't shit you know i'm sure you know like look it's a bunch of podcasts that do like tours and they got 
you know they got the money to invest up front and be like boom 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 yeah, boom but, boom but i was like i was looking like nigga this is real money like to me i was like nigga this is some real zeros yeah i'm like man i hope people buy these tickets me you know? too and it didn't it wasn't just that people bought the tickets it wasn't just that people came from like uh all over the globe which was all over the globe my nigga which was already humbling in itself right but uh uh, the people that really got to me were the ones who bought tickets who couldn't make it uh to give to other people yeah that that really touched my heart they was like i know i can't make it right but somebody might can take the trip and for me i'm like you it the love that our fans have for other fans right like y'all y'all I, i'm sorry y'all y'all just don't know <laughs> how much that meant to us when people was like, here's 10 tickets, here's 20 tickets, I can't make it. I, I, I bought a, a premium ticket, you know, to, to, to see y'all. I can't make it. And the person, they end up seeing, meeting each other. Yeah, so you know? met each other. And so I think. And I was really working to the last second. Like, while we're doing show prep, while we're backstage, while we're meeting people and shit, I'm on my phone also checking emails and sending like, okay, here's your PDF or your ticket to this person. Like, I was like, and I didn't mind doing that. Um, you know, I'm sure like a bigger podcast, they would have had like a, a, a person that does, they probably wouldn't even did that shit. They were like, nigga, buy a ticket or don't. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I was happy to do that, to facilitate that. Um, and that's the relationship we, had with our fans and uh it's humbling but it's also uh fulfilling yes it is and it's like a a affirming feeling something that i've never had from any job uh something that um i couldn't have imagined like i just i remember working in the cubicle feeling like you know like this job doesn't appreciate me and uh like like you don't appreciate yourself and so you don't know your worth you know i'm thankful 10 years in like yeah yeah blew my mind y'all have blown my mind right and it's just i'm still in awe at our audience and the love and the support that they have and y'all shower us with so much love that i'm gonna tell you right now it's hard to see the hate it's, it's, it's like we're raining with so much love we're almost blinded by mm-hmm. y'all love that y'all actually constantly pour upon us by giving five star reviews giving donations going premium buying shirts supporting the sponsors like when we see y'all hashtag because we know not trying to find everybody can't put five on but what you can do is use the hell out of your social media right. and y'all use it or give us a five-star review right and then you know even like stuff like the christmas card the holiday cards mm-hmm. you know like this is like shit that you know i know other shows aren't doing or probably didn't think about it maybe they think it's stupid i don't know but it's i've been so grateful mm-hmm. you know uh because it didn't have to be this way i mm-hmm. shit i could still be working in some fucking cubicle being like i fucking hate it here and not getting to be myself every day and and pushing myself back and holding myself back mm-hmm. you know and letting that leak out into the rest of my life you know right. and so to be able to like 
be proud of what we did what we've accomplished uh you know 10 years is such a fucking milestone my nigga like you know marriages don't last 10 years Mm -hmm. like fucking there's jobs don't last 10 years there's so much shit that doesn't do 10 years and we've worked so hard and we put in this you know we put in the sweat equity into this and to have that matched like to put your voice out into the universe and have people say not only do i hear you but i give a fuck right and 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 to to let people know we see you and also i think something else over the 10 years that really how can i say touched my heart is when we had went same thing awesome con like i said that was the first interaction where we actually Mm -hmm. seen the audience and put faces and names when we would talk to people and they would tell us the stories and how you've changed the way I love my wife, you've changed the way I view this, you've changed how I see LGBTQ. Like, like y'all, I hope y'all know that wasn't the goal, right. but it's just, you know, for, and it was hilarious though because people were telling us this and people would, we were taking pictures. So it's like you're crying and smiling and snapping <laughs> right. pictures all at the same time. <laughs> right. And, uh, and 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 it, and it was hilarious it was like for the first time ever i i didn't know how to respond and mm. uh i i think the first thing that that kind of uh took me was like oh my gosh what's happening here was after we did awesome con we went down and one person came and they you know they they talked to us then everybody was like you charged i was like who the fuck charges for pictures like like mm-hmm. they asked us what we charging yeah they was like i want to take a picture but you i was like well, i was like yeah sure and when we went outside I, I think you went outside and it was almost like people in front of us all you all types of directions and shit like that so the love is i cannot express the gratitude and the thankfulness yeah and i also gotta give credit to keith and the girl yes because uh uh without that show ain't no show for us so like we had um you know and all of our friends that we started with that we became friends with and and niggas still even, fuck with them today yeah and even the ones we lost along the way right you know like it's you know some people you know yeah whether the relationship fell apart whether they moved on some people have passed away yes like we you know there's all these wonderful people that even if they were just a little part of the journey no matter how it ended i'm thankful for them right they were part of the journey the lessons that i've learned over these years from even the bad relationships even Mm -hmm. the ones that went wrong i learned i got something from it because you know a lot of uh matter of fact i'll just get into this article after this but you know i think a lot of the value that we have now in friendships and shit is like what can you do for me it's so transactional and uh there's to me that's not the value of a friendship or relationship what you take from it isn't necessarily about literally taking something from it no it's not and i you know i had to learn the hard way that not everybody sees it that way nope you know some people really are here for look i'm cool with you because i think i can get you know something out of something from your audience i can get something from you Mm -hmm. i can you know and that that sucks it's part of business you know not everyone's gonna be friends but i now mature enough and old enough and uh experienced enough to recognize it and be like this is when i'm willing to play this game and this is when i'm not right nothing wrong with that game you know there's networking there's all that stuff is fine Mm -hmm. but it's not you know my personal vibe is not i prefer not to do that but as far as you know like i feel like it's artificial but uh 
even in the relationships where okay this bridge is burned this person is you know that they they was on us now they hate us i still learned something from it and Mm -hmm. i still got to take something away from it and i hope that we gave examples to people on how to handle that shit as we learn how to handle that shit there was a time when motherfucker pissed me off i'll be ready to be on this motherfucking mic like let me tell yeah, you about all listen to us over the years we have matured. yeah and uh probably in the last two or three years you know just going through things you know i've learned to keep it off the mic or you know just be like well i'm not gonna go out here and try to ruin this person or i'm not gonna be vindictive and also i figured out how to get to the truth of the matter which is in a lot of cases you're hurt i'm hurt right and so you know i had to learn the truth i had to learn the process and be like wait hold up why am i so mad right why am i why, so mad? you know why do i care that this person i don't know stole the show format and now they're not giving us credit oh because i'm insecure about my own worth and my own value like so no one can take they could take the name they can't be us but Ooh. i but at the, there was a time when that would have pissed me off you know and i think it's now we're kind of veterans i look at other people going through it and i'm like i do too i'm like okay they'll yeah, come you, you they'll, either, they'll come around to seeing that this is actually about their own value mm-hmm. this is actually not about that person that's talking shit about them Mm-mm. you know uh there was a time when people talk shit about us on the podcast we play the podcast on our podcast and be like fuck this motherfucker let me tell you why they wrong and this bullshit now it, I, I remember i was in a much better place when i someone hit me up specifically to tell me they were going to talk shit about us on their podcast mm-hmm. and i never even heard the show I, to this day i have not heard that show I was like, okay. because i just didn't give a fuck right i was like okay well you know how i feel i know how you feel like honestly you can go in there and cuss me out to the gods it ain't gonna matter Mm-mm. you know and i'm not gonna return the favor the best thing i can do is 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 concentrate on what i can control and concentrate on the people who matter and you don't matter and that was a big thing for me you know to see like uh people like turn over the years like oh you know that that love bombing type shit Mm -hmm. you know to be in to go through stuff we had to deal narcissists we never dealt with that before in regular life right you know to deal with uh liars to deal with you know scammers and shit that you never fucking you don't there's no blueprint for this shit so not through all of that stuff consistently we have been held down by a core group of people that fuck with us for forever whether it's on the comedy they've allowed us to grow this episode ain't been funny no i'm not really worried about whether or not people are gonna enjoy this episode because we've been allowed to not be funny all the fucking time right we've been allowed to not to say some of this shit isn't a joke to us we've been allowed to have real lives and 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 we've been rewarded for sharing and being more and more real with people you know right this, this isn't rodimus prime and say that again it's rod and Come on. you know my fucking government name is out there for the world to know what i do i don't know if i can get a regular job without them niggas looking at my podcast again you know <laughs> they google you just definitely popping up right burning so black you know i don't know what these white people gonna think but yeah so it, anyway i just want to say i'm thankful that's what 10 years means to I me i am thankful too. i'm grateful i'm thankful to you i'm thankful to justin yes um thankful to will you know i'm thankful Shout to, out to will chris and brandon and yes and, um, deidre and mike and 
Twan and Twan, like all oh, that's so Nick Ju. That's so many right, fucking Reggie. people. I mean, we can go down a motherfucking list. I will never be able to say everybody. You right. know, if you fucked with us for a little bit and you moved on, and somehow this reaches you throughout the universe, and for you go back one day and hear this episode, thank you too. You know what I mean? Like bossy. Bo- yeah bossy um the people we've met man that just like came to town and was, hey i would like to uh you go y'all want to like go to dinner or got mm-hmm. you know like hey i would just like to meet y'all and no we haven't been able to say yes to everybody obviously we you know we have lives and shit but we've been able to meet a lot of people mm-hmm. more than i would have uh 10 years ago i would have said zero no nigga i don't know you yeah right get out my Ro- phone right Ro- Ro- roger has came a long way because he was like everything was no nope nope mm -mm, nope block 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 yeah it was like this podcast has helped me uh grow and it has helped me be more accepting of myself it's uh helped me see other point people's point of view uh it's helped me feel validated in my thinking process Mm -hmm. um and and worth and uh you know it, it, and it's not like we were chosen for this it's not like someone came and blessed us we just took it upon ourselves and people have been inspired by us yes we've watched people that you know when they were coming up you know we were just like oh i like this person and now we're like damn this motherfucker's on tv yes. this person is writing for a show this person is doing a comedy special this, you know like all of that stuff is is just being cool like i've i've become friends with people that i looked up to i've yes you know i've become peers with people that i looked up to um you know we we've become you know our own brand in a in a way yeah that's a trip you know, unless it's you crazy. get the reality of that and, so and 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 how people view you and how you view yourself it don't always match up like that that was something i had to wrap my mind around yeah man so you know it's just been very and, and a, a very positive affirming experience so thank y'all for 10 years thank you, you know, thank everybody listening currently all the former listeners all the future listeners um real talk man that's that's what really made it um that's what's made it worth it man so mm-hmm. all right uh i was gonna get in this article i guess i can do it what's about uh we're treating friendships like transactions and it's ruining relationships agreed um yeah so you know obviously we can quantify all the shit now with the friends and like literally the number of friends and it's always weird because on my facebook i think i have two thousand friends on my uh, twitter thousands and change yeah on my twitter i may have three thirty thousand followers or something like that hey man them motherfuckers ain't my friends and they not and they're not my followers either i'm not a cult leader like those words make imply something that's just not true and it's okay like it's not a now we enemies but it's this thing that i think has made people feel so fucking like important but also it's so misleading yep that's why motherfuckers be fucking each other up on facebook and shit yeah because you're not really friends right and when something bad happens to you and a person don't give a fuck it, it makes sense they, they're not your actual friend Mm-mm. they just tuned in to, 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 to observe your life from afar because maybe they like a joke you said maybe they right an opinion you had they agreed with but there's not you know that's not necessarily a friend nope they don't care nothing about you burning your own house down yeah it was something i had to you know once again realize over the course of these 10 years being like oh wait some of y'all are here for 
not for me really you know like if someone said i hate rye he's a bitch you be over there liking it on their page just as much as you come over to my page and be like uh you know ah, ha 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 this is funny like i'm i'm a consumable now right and it's one of those things that once the quote-unquote you stop entertaining then people just fell off yeah and this is something i've been thinking about for a while i didn't necessarily have the words to quantify but i think this article goes into it and i can expound upon it we can quantify everything now from our steps on fitbit to our literary consumption on goodreads as a result we feel we must make everything and everyone count for something that's a phenomenon which is both distressing and depressing as it applies to friendship scan the internet and you'll see no end of posts advising you to toss toxic friends and surround yourself with people who make you feel good instead the current cultural discourse suggests that friends are people who we use to improve ourselves and get rid of when the going gets tough or if we're not or if we're not having enough fun one buzzfeed article goes so far to suggest forgetting a birthday is a dump worthy offense while a cosmopolitan article recommends tossing friends who binge drink on a saturday night yes what i I do think we are so superficial with how disposable people are now and maybe it's been that way forever you know i'm sure it was but now we can just quantify it and i think that is a bad thing i do think that you know um like one of the common posts you see online and it's always someone really crying out for help but you know they want the attention but there's a lot of work you have to do Mm. in a relationship yes sir and true relationships are just different than the shit that happens online sometimes Mm -hmm. and so you'll see somebody's gonna be politically correct in your own personal life not just politically correct i'm talking about something else i'm talking about like when someone makes a post like uh when you call somebody and they don't call you back they'd really show you who the real friends is or something like that right and i'm always like this is a cry for help it's mm-hmm. guilt it's trying to guilt somebody who's reading this and it's going am i a real friend am i really your friend and it's trying to make them feel bad about it right but here's the truth maybe i'm not your fucking friend hello maybe friendships aren't something that you fucking you know balance an equation to and you check mark off okay you know every and this is and i know that this is you have to learn people right i know how i am i don't know how you are Mm -mm. you know i honestly is a big turn off for me when i find people do that like friendship tallying shit i I don't keep points and scores and shit the fuck is this i will stay the fuck away from you dog i will stay away from you because i'm not one of them people i i'm a person where if i think if you're my friend and we don't talk for a full calendar year and you call me after that year up and say hey rod i still take off from we were friends last time we talked we are friends now i've always and i got people like that i have got people i talk to maybe every four to five years but when we talk we talk hey girl how you doing okay how your kids doing click and we when we are cool until we see each other again and this and i understand that's a different love language than other people i'm not trying to invalidate their love Mm -hmm. language what i'm saying is the lack of understanding to the fact that we don't all have to connect on that level Mm -mm. we don't we're not all gonna have these grand friendships you know i look at my facebook hey i don't have two thousand friends i have like five or ten maybe that's okay you know if something happened to them something happened to me that's five or ten people i'm like they would probably show up or at least call or check on me or something right they know something wrong yeah there's a lot of people that aren't that way and i'm not holding it against them but when you see like 
people expect this shit out of people mm-hmm. as if these other folks don't have fucking lives man right like why aren't you dropping everything and reading my uh passive aggressive facebook status and stopping and coming over my house it's like that's not what the fuck happened we're not 12 i think a lot of people treat friendships like they did when they was in school we're best friends we got to go together walk together talk together we got to be up each other's asses all the time and if you don't treat me like that you're not a friend right people have motherfucking lives it reminds you of that yeah of of like when fifth grade when you get your first best friend that's people's definition of all friendship. you do is just spend each other's time it's like dog i'm not gonna be on the phone with you every day i'm right, not I got shit to do. and at the same time i understand if that's what you need it just can't come from me nope it cannot but it's the weird judgment and the entitlement that i and the expressing of that that i do find like damn this has really turned a lot of us into like really selfish self-absorbed people who are constantly trying to put our own like loneliness on everybody else our own like insecurities on it's on everybody else to fix and put first you know um and that book conflict is not abuse and talk about people that have been victims of trauma and stuff and it's like look once you've been uh in the traumatic experience you live with this trauma black people we live with it all, all the time right racial trauma at some point though it is your thing to deal with yes it is and so you can't always function or be trusted to lead and do all this shit if you lead from a place of unresolved trauma first but we've been able to reverse the polarity on that online and be like the person that is the most traumatized should have the most power and the most say so we wouldn't do that in any other if you worked at a job and somebody was like i had racism happen to me one day and i never got over it they wouldn't be able to walk into your job and be like okay so because some racist shit happened to me one day um all the white people get the fuck out we'd be like what no you you can't be the manager no you cannot but online you can you can do that you can kind of flip it to be like uh you know uh the the this thing happened to me and i'll never forgive this group of people everyone need to act accordingly hey anytime you guys bring up this topic i don't feel good so you got to stop talking about it like that's and i think that that has enabled us to really be like these quote-unquote friendships we talk about to they're not really friendships because when we get to these moments of conflict it's over you know and i think that's really not good it's not good it's not healthy um and people are not like i said people are not checklists and people aren't like a piece of paper you can fold it up throw it in the trash and forget um you just can't do that but people do this all the time Mm -hmm. and it's devastating these can be devastating to people like you know and it causes hurt people to continue to hurt people like like that's a true statement but that's a real thing yeah um yeah it says the way we talk about friendship paints an ugly picture of the new notion of relating uh one that seeks maximum return on minimum investment and outlines an out exit strategy anytime a friend doesn't fulfill our fantasies these posts reveal more about the toxicity of our society than the negative people they're describing it's a friendship as a capitalistic exchange instead of relationships involving people who care about each other hanging out and helping each other through life's ups and downs it's enough to make you want to cry into a beer with a confidant you know a close friend of the kind that's going out of style um uh, uh-huh. yeah yeah and you know it's also i think uh for me uh and i don't know if it's a generational thing but sometimes it's nothing like hearing somebody's voice because so many people do online so much Nah, sometimes let me call 
are you okay let me hear your voice let me hear your inflections right. let me yeah. physically see your face once again different love language some people need that you know i'm not necessarily you got to call me and be talk i don't mind i think it, I, I think there's been some chances sometimes where i've reached that level where i'm like well maybe if i talk to this person right they'll understand maybe if i see this person and you know what sometimes their trauma and shit is so deep it won't even matter Mm-mm. you know but that you know different love languages uh transacting relationships take for example a recent new york times article about the power of positive people which asked <clears throat> are your friendships giving you or bringing you down in it tara parker pope uh just back from a wellness cruise filled with upbeat personalities advises readers to be mindful of their relationships for the sake of a long life buoyed by experience i returned home with a renewed commitment not only to exercise a healthy live healthful living but to simply step up my social life and spend more time hanging out with happy people uh pity her pals let's hope none of them are struggling sad or in need of a friend because it seems like she'll be preoccupied trying to find more positive people while many of us focus primarily on dieting exercise to achieve better health signs suggest our well-being is also influenced by the company we keep she writes the article advises choosing friends wisely for how they improve health and directs readers to a quiz about optimizing friendships yeah and that's the other that's what we talked about to start the show if you really are friends with somebody you gotta go through the shit sometimes yes you do and it ain't gonna always be pretty they're gonna hurt your feelings they're gonna tell you you ain't right they you know like and that's the part of the where friendships crack if there's no foundation yeah if it's not really a friendship a lot of uh, and that it, it should be okay and i think people should be okay with that language of we're like we're not really friends or whatever just because we follow each other on facebook Mm-mm. like we should be able to say like yo we, that person is cool but like if fucking they puppy dies all i got for you is i'm sorry like i don't like i'm not coming to your house like i can't there's only so much i can do for you and that and like it's and most people rational people would be like i didn't expect you to do more than that that's fine yes but there is like another level where it does seem like people are like nah fuck that or even worse some bad happens to somebody and it's like fuck them that, that they don't add happiness to my life you gotta go mm-hmm. oh yo oh you dealing with depression all right then fuck you you know uh, the, the, what happened to them i don't know you right know? and also uh when it comes to friendships people always go well what can i take but what they fail to realize they give a lot of shit people get in relationships they give you depression they give you their pain they give you their hurt but it's not reciprocated that's not a friendship mm-hmm. either yeah man so it just made me think about uh all that stuff when i was reading this and like how we've kind of changed or at least at least been able to now denote more specifically the changes um as we go through life yes all right um this has been a very serious serious episode um without a lot of laughs and not a lot very of serious serious episode a lot of tears um uh the special hour yeah it's been a very special the black guy tips okay uh we talked about a lot of stuff talked about death and friendships and uh thankfulness and gratefulness and stuff like that um but i feel like we have to at least have some fun you know just for my own insecurity so that i could feel like we did something <laughs> something good here um uh, i think we should maybe play some guest the race okay and and then we can uh do sore ratchetness and get out of here now that it's time for some guest the race that's right it's guest the race time now that it's time for some guest the race 
That's right, it's guess the race time. That's right, it's time for guess the race, the number one show going across all the podcast land where we play or uh, read news articles, and we ask our contestants, Karen and the chat room, to guess the race. And of course, everyone playing is a stone cold racist. All right. Let's see who's first in our articles today. Um, uh, a woman is accused of using dog urine to pass a drug test. White. Wow. Okay. Karen's going white right out the gate. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like we found out uh, through the drug test, also pregnant. Ah! With puppies. Uh, Pineville, Kentucky. A Kentucky woman was arrested Monday after police say she tried to use her dog's pee to fake a drug test. 40-year-old Julie Miller was having a regular probation visit. As part of her probation, she was scheduled for a drug screen. Her probation officer found that she sneaked in a sample of urine to pass off as her own. Police said she later admitted urine from her dog. How do you get the dog urine? Right. She allegedly told police she knew her drug test would show that she had used methamphetamine and suboxone uh miller was arrested in charge of tampering with physical evidence she was later served with probation violation and served with a trafficking and controlled substance warrant and her dog now thinks it owns that toilet karen you's gonna stick with white i am i am let's check the chat room and see what these people believe um uh kisses the dog in the mouth white uh white says mary super white says jackie um not a lot of guesses on this one i guess it's moving the finest trailer park white figure says she and the dog smell the same the urine was the same so white damn white whiter than karen's guess meth white yet white the white woman i bet the dog was white too the dog was named king okay so that's black white 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 dogs are supposed to say white kids from wales not white women from jail white trailer park from watchman white white becky from the hr the correct answer is she was white some of you guys did get it wrong one person got it wrong they said black did a picture show up yet it's working okay oh oh yeah she kind of oh. look like a dog you know oh she rubbed her that's, that's some serious uh, they could pretty much tell she was on the meth i mean she on something i don't think the dog urine was gonna really help yeah that dog won't hunt as they say um let's see uh let's go to another one facebook comments led to homicide charge in cedarburg crash from july uh maquan driver was uh a maquan driver whose passenger told investigators he boasted that he didn't plan to stop for a stop sign along a rural road outside of cedarburg in july has now been charged with negligent homicide for the resulting crash oh shit adam gertz 19 of maquan told made his initial uh court appearance monday when a judge set a uh, twenty-five thousand dollars signature bond the offense of homicide by negligent operation of a motor vehicle is punishable by up to five years in prison and five years of extended supervision he was driving north on granville road in town the town of Cedarburg shortly after 5 p.m on july 3rd when he ignored a stop sign at county highway nn uh and he hit a westbound car driven by glenn lewis lewis 56 of cedarburg was pronounced dead 
at the hospital after he was flown by helicopter from the crash site gertz remained at the scene and told the sheriff's deputy he just didn't see the stop sign at the time he was cited for fell into a bail stop sign causing great bodily harm but days later someone at the police department noticed comments on his facebook on his facebook page about the crash suggesting gertz had commented to his passenger that he was fully aware of the stop sign and had stopped and had commented commented no cop no stop someone who had been mowing his lawn near the intersection also left a facebook comment that prompted investigators to follow up the man said even though he was wearing headphones while mowing he could hear gert's car approaching at high speed and knew it was going too fast to stop at the intersection shit uh reconstruction of the site of the crash showed that he was going 59 to 49 to 53 miles per hour at the point of impact karen guess the race of uh adam gert's Karen's going with white. Sound, the, the name I keep wanting to say black because the name sounds like a black ass town. When you mm. said like back to back, I was like, "That's Maquan. A, yes, Maquan. I was like, Maquan. White, white, white. Everybody's going white on this one. Redneck, renamed, remained at the scene. White, <laughs> just white. Black says Stephanie. White. Uh, all right. The correct answer is white. Some of you guys, uh, Stephanie missed it. She said black. And that's him right there. Did it show up? Not yet. So. Uh, no problem. Uh, but yeah, he's like a little white kid, man. Like. Oh. Yeah. He look young. I know, man. Babies killing babies and somebody man and then his friend basically snitched um but you know what good get him off the streets that's crazy right um all right it's time to go to uh the bonus round all right now to the bonus round where's my bonus round music double the points and the race double the points and the race that's right double the points double the race in the bonus round uh, guess the race so far karen is two for two but can she go three for three let's find out all right karen for all the marbles uh this happened make up for yesterday nashville metro police say a woman threatened to kill her friend over a fast food drive-through order according to arrest work, work according to arrest records 26 year old julia deuce uh deuce uh drove her friend to wendy's on charlotte pike to get something to eat the victim was the one paying for the meal and got upset when deuce was ordering a lot of food at the drive-through oh man i remember this dude Derek used to do that in college he'd be like oh man you know let me borrow some money and then we go to wendy's and be like you got me on my food and i'm like all right i got you and then he proceeded to order like ten dollars of food and i'll be like i don't got you what are you doing Mm-mm. uh Deweese pulled into a parking space and asked to see what was in the bag before getting upset with the victim and pulling out a pocket knife oh shit Deweese opened up the pocket knife pointed at the victim and told her to get the fuck out of the car the victim got out but dropped the, a five dollars on the passenger side floorboard Deweese picked up the what? money Deweese picked up the money and the victim told her she wanted it back she wanted her money back 
so i'm paying for the food you had five dollars you ordered a whole lot of shit and you don't want to put in on this we said she was going to kill the victim and started chasing her around the car while she had a knife in her hand the victim ran to thornton's gas station next door and got away from deweese uh when police arrived deweese told police that she opened her pocket knife and pointed at the victim when the victim refused to get out the car and handed over the knife uh the victim was not injured deweese was charged with aggravated assault with a daily weapon bomb was set at five thousand dollars way more expensive than wendy's the defendant um drove the victim to the wendy's uh to get something to eat oh wait this is the police report okay um so yeah that's it uh karen guessed the race of julia deweese julia deweese mm-hmm. white karen's going white let's check the chat room see what they believe no no julia deweese deweese you need me to spell it yes d-u-e-e-a-s-e oh but uh, i'm gonna go black then okay all right um let's see dostack says she ain't right for trying to stab her but i get it latino they love knives uh the two stooges white how much how much is five dollars really worth a darkest life black don't mess with the big white girl hate the victim blame but black oh this black them spicy nuggets had a strange effect on niggas black a murder was almost committed over a four a four for four black where's the beef julie got it black <laughs> black and she'll do it again <laughs> the correct answer is and most of y'all went with black and you got it wrong she's white oh i should have kept my first guess trust your instinct and of course uh a few of you said white you went off screen i went off screen fuck mm-hmm. oh it froze okay hold on hold on hold on let me pause the recording all right that's that i'm back on screen now um that's her julie uh deweese up in nashville uh she like she'll stab a motherfucker over some some wendy's i i will say that much i mean i wouldn't try her if i was in the passenger side um uh, i think the part that almost gets you stabbed is the oh yeah she fuck you up yeah i think the part that almost gets you stabbed is the five dollars i think she was okay cool till she seen that five drop and also like the nerve of you to call the cops nigga i gave you a ride was gonna pay for your food you get greedy you had five dollars the whole time you could just gave me the five talking about let me get my five back and then you want to fucking call the cops what that that's some traitorous behavior i'll never fuck with you again okay that's one friendship i will lose okay right facebook or twitter i don't care unfollow block muted forever out of my life um all right let's get to sore ratchetness and then we'll get out of here guys while that was happening firefox has just decided to move real slow so we'll be getting the sore ratchetness in a second uh sore ratchetness of course is segment where we talk about all these different sore things stories that are going across the world 
and uh how our lack of laws and enforcement of those laws against people walking around with swords is causing chaos amongst the world mm-hmm. okay and if it was guns we'd be taking it a little more seriously but we can't even get guns at the control because why we never swords in the control right so we have attainable goals and one of the obtainable goals i think get a lot of these swords regulated get them off the street people in some teach them some classes about how to wield a sword and derailed it responsibly because right now you can go to any comic con convention whatever grab one of these quote-unquote replica swords and just be walking around stabbing people within minutes there's no uh registration there's no uh test for proficiency um we don't keep like a a a list of who owns these swords or nothing and uh, i think that's a big that's a big problem yes it is a 17 year old admits to threatening another teen with a samurai sword over 100 dollars. oh no singapore unhappy that an 18 year old oh okay Let's, let me scroll down i'm happy that an 18 year old owed his brother a hundred dollars a 17 year old confronted him with a samurai sword one night last september muhammad alif mustafa admitted to one charge of criminal intimidation on thursday the court heard that he unsheathed the sword inside the victim's home on Jurong East, threatening to slash the older boy with the 27 centimeter weapon uh, if he did not come out of the house. His charge uh, sheet states that the exact words will come down with us. If not, I stab you. <laughs> Straight Ali- to the point. <laughs> Say literally. Alif, who was sent to a juvenile home in 2017 for committing house trespass and theft, may face imprisonment for his current charge. But given his young age, Deputy Prosecutor uh, Angela Ang uh, called for a probation suitability report before making representations. Yeah, I'm, I'm like to my channel, hundred dollars. That's that's a lot of money. It is. I mean, we were just talking about stabbing someone over five. I can see why you would want to stab someone over a hundred. That's why you shouldn't have a sword. Mm-hmm. Alif, who was not represented by a lawyer, requested to be placed on probation instead of giving jail time. My mother's not working. I am the only support for my mother. District Judge Sia agreed to the probation suitability report to be prepared and adjourned for the matter on January 30th for sentencing. Uh, he also claimed that the sword was actually just to scare the victim. Uh, which, I mean, that's probably true. I'd be scared if a nigga had a sword, but um you know what's the difference between trying to scare somebody with it and trying to kill them with it uh either one uh i i can't be assuming when you pull the sword out like oh he's just scared i can't be assuming you know um so yeah uh somebody owed his brother some money so he asked four of his friends between the ages 17 21 to meet him at um what's his this dude's name is yasin muhammad yasin daniel razulin to meet at yasin's flat uh to support him as he planned to confront yasin uh or is it yasin um he decided to bring along the sword so that he could use it to scare yasin into repaying the debt while at the void deck of yasin's block the group spotted a friend of yasin's and instructed him to get yasin to carry down to come down to meet him the friend man these dudes was uh pretty duplicitous they was involved in this they should get some charges <laughs> we got you back luring the dude down and shit the friend texted y'all said but there was no reply so they went up to, into his unit and shot him to come out uh y'all said opened the gate to his unit upon hearing the ruckus at the time at that point two members of Lee's company a 17 year old and 18 year old began shouting at y'all said about their own personal grievances against him oh he owe everybody some money <laughs> oh he's taking everybody money what about that shit you said about my sister son what is this uncut 
in a fit of anger a leaf then unsheathed his sword and directed it at yasin threatening to slash him if he did not step out of his unit to talk things out well i'm gonna tell you honest i'm not coming out yeah i don't blame him for not coming yeah out. now that you pull the sword out that's and gonna, now that it's about 80 y'all i'm good yeah i'm a lot less likely to come out i don't think you want to talk frightened yasin told elite that he needed five minutes to use the washroom first oh okay man just let me take a shit real quick because uh my pants are full of it now that y'all scared the shit out of me uh frightened he said okay so y'all seen the quickly close the doors unit and call the police like a smart person the group fled when they noticed police cars entering a car park nearby but they were later traced and arrested damn well a hundred dollars i get it but damn all right that's it for today's show man thank you so much for listening thank you uh i'm glad our show can be anything we want it to be in 10 10 years down 10 whole long years like i think this is a great episode a whole decade it was a great episode to, to to put the proof of we can do whatever we want to apparently yes uh because an hour and 50 minutes of this was nothing but serious shit so thank y'all for listening and uh we appreciate all your your well wishes and condolences to karen um and uh all of your thoughts and stuff so thank you and we'll let you guys know um or if you don't see you know more shows during the week you may be traveling and stuff so you know all right y'all until next time i love you i love you too